Um, it is, what day is it? Wednesday? Is it way back Wednesday? Is it Thursday? I don't even know. But welcome, 90 Days of Melanie Away. I'm your host, Linda Entwee. And today, we're doing all things single life because we are catching up on the single life. Uh, let's do some housekeeping stuff first and foremost. I want to shout out some new Patreon subscribers, Janice, Witt, and Deb, and Mason. Welcome. Uh, day ones, you know, Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia. Hey, girl. Hey. Raydella, Linda, Lydia, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Julissa, and Donna over at Anchor FM. Guys, I, I want to be nice this single life episode. I really do. Uh, I think that some of the cast have made it hard for me. So I'm going to try my best to, you know, stay neutral like I normally do. Um, but hey, Vanessa. But I got to tell you, like, some of these cast members for the single life were kind of getting on my last nerve. And I don't know why, if it's because they're, they're single now and we're really starting to know their personalities a little bit more. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something that's just like grating at me and I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is. But let's start off with the X's and the no's, Colt. So Colt and Vanessa you know, had the bright idea that they want to meet up with Jess and Brian, right? And they want to come clean about their lying, cheating ways and thinking that there's going to be closure. Now, my personal take on it is I don't think that there was supposed to be closure. I think that Colt did it so that Vanessa can see that he can actually own up to his craziness and his lies and manipulations and cheating ways. And if he can do that, then he can show that, quote, he's become a better man and he's been working on himself, which I don't even know. I, I kind of feel like this was a, a manipulative type of move to do at Jess's expense. But they meet up. It's a super awkward silence. And we find out that not only has Colt been lying to Vanessa this whole time, he's been lying to us because we've been on this journey with them and we sat there on the tell-all well him and vanessa literally lied to the world internationally lied saying that they never slept together they never were together and again i'm going to mention this how vanessa stormed off and you, you guys you know when people overreact you got to take that to heart it means something it means something i'm convinced that vanessa was called out in that moment she didn't know how to handle it so she walked out so lying they're liars they're liars and you know i guess birds of a feather flock together i don't know but on the one hand i'm wondering maybe vanessa because she knows him and they've been friends for years that she knows who he is and that's what will make their relationship work or you know birds of a feather flock together it's either or there's nowhere in between so we find out that not only were they sleeping together the whole time? And Colt was lying about it the whole time. We find out that it started as well when he was with Larissa. Like he was talking and having an emotional affair with Vanessa the whole time he was with Larissa. Then he goes on this trip to Chicago, comes back when he's supposed to be in a relationship with Jess, comes back to Vegas and sleeps with Vanessa and lies about it, and Vanessa lies about it. And that's why you guys can never, your gut instinct, that like red flag that pulls up, you gotta listen to it because it's not coming from from nowhere. And here we have Jess 
saying, hey, my gut, my gut, my gut, my gut. And we're acting like she's the crazy person, but really she's not. She was not the crazy person. She was not the jealous person. She was listening to her gut. And guess what? Her gut was, her gut was right. And Colt was lying the whole time. And then he thought that he could invite her to dinner or drinks with her husband, apologize, and that makes it okay. And even his apology, I don't know you guys, did you feel like his apology was like a real apology? Or was his apology like, hey, I'm apologizing in order to make myself feel better and make myself look better? Which brings me to my first question. Do you guys think that Colt has really changed? Has Colt changed? Or has he used this opportunity to manipulate the situation in that it makes him look good in front of his new potential girlfriend, Vanessa. What do you guys think? Hey, Patty. Vanessa says, cheaters always lie. So I don't know, you guys. I personally think that he hasn't changed. I think that he's just more comfortable and he realizes he's with a girl that is accepting his ways and he's going to be able to get away with that. And I think that if he hasn't addressed his cheating ways, and if he's had an emotional affair on Larissa and he actually had a physical affair on Jess, what's making it different for Vanessa? And that's an honest question. Let me know in the comments if you're watching the replay. Let me know in the live chat. What will make his behavior different? Do you think that someone can change because of the person they're with? Or do you think cheaters always cheat and liars always lie? I'm super curious about that. Let me know uh, what you guys think. But so they're sitting there and, you know, I think it's hilarious that Jess still calls him trash man. She calls him a manipulator and Brian kind of jumps in and calls him a fake as well. And then Brian starts like cussing him out a little bit. There was a little bit of weirdness between them, which I can understand because can you imagine being the spouse and the ex invites you over for drinks and then says, hey, by the way, I've been cheating on your person this whole time. And oh, by the way, sorry, sorry, not sorry kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Patty says a head transplant might help. And hey, Janice, Janice says, no, Colt hasn't changed. He's self-centered, arrogant, and mom makes excuses. And Vanessa says, that was all about Vanessa. Because Jess left feeling worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Trina is saying, how can you trust someone who started a relationship by cheating? And, and that's the whole thing. Cheating, Trina, and lying. And lying about it. But Vanessa and Colt both lied about it. So maybe they're on the same page. Because they were both liars. And they both lied to, to Jess. And I personally would not have shown up to a drinks with my ex so that they can tell me in my face that, oh, by the way, I cheated on you. But, you know, forgive, not even forgive me. Just, hey, I cheated on you. I lied. You were right. <laughs> Y'all, come on. Come on. So I thought it was funny because I also did watch a little bit of the pillow talk and Annie cracked me up when she was like, oh, they're meeting for drinks. But have you seen my dick pics in the group chat? I died of laughter. I thought that that was hilarious. Um, moving on. Hey, Faith, I didn't watch that. I don't even know what that is. Is it good? Tell me more. Moving on to Ed. I'm calling Ed, Ed, because Ed is Ed. And I just want to say off, off 
the top. If you guys are following what's going on with Ed, uh, there he's trending all across social media. People want to not see him on their screens anymore. Someone started a change.org petition against him. And uh, if you go to any of his social medias, he's limited comments now. So he's he knows that people are really hashtagging this cancel Big Ed situation. So on that note, I want to keep, I want you guys to keep that in the back of your minds because I'm curious to know how you feel about this whole thing because as we talk about Ed's relationship with Liz, and I just want to say, like, can we maybe see the brother more? This brother, Mike, like, I feel like he has his head on his shoulders versus what Ed is doing. And I would rather watch brother Mike than Ed any day. Like, bring him on all the time or bring him on to kind of balance out Big Ed's ways because I don't think that it's something that runs in the family. I just think that Big Ed is being Big Ed. And I'm saying Big Ed because I think that it's a specific way that he, he is. And y'all, the more I see of him, I'm trying to just be open-minded about it. But the more I see about him, I'm just like, what? what's going on with you? Like, what? what's happening? I feel like he's not only super jealous, I think he's controlling and he wants to control situations. And I feel like he doesn't even tell what the full situation is and doesn't own up to his role in those situations. So we see Ed meet up with his brother, Mike, and they're going to go uh, golfing. And he's telling his brother about his car and like how fast it goes and all of that stuff, which is right up Ed's alley as far as I'm concerned. And his brother is like, okay, and talks a little bit about Ed's past and how uh, Ed is not good at golfing, but he was never good at any sports, but he did do a little bit of gymnastics and he was good at, at that as a kid. And Ed tells his brother Mike how he's worried about being friend zoned and his relationship with Liz and what that's looking like. And he's saying that he is dating someone and Mike's like, you're dating someone that has the same name as your sister. How about you also tell your brother how young she is and how she wasn't even born when you were graduating high school. Like, why don't we talk about that as well? So they're having this uh, conversation and Ed is saying that him and Liz have this connection. They both cried on the first date and Mike uses his common sense and says, who cries on the first date? That doesn't sound like a connection. It sounds like a dissection, meaning that that relationship is already coming apart and ask the pertinent question, you guys. He says, are you bankrolling her? Right? So you know that Mike knows his brother because that is a question that you don't just randomly throw unless you know how that person is. And he knows that his brother, you know, thinks that he can buy relationships and that he thinks he can control the relationships. And Ed says that he's not. And so the brother asks more questions like, you know, have you kissed her? Like, has she said that she wants to be in a relationship with you? Because to me, this sounds like it's a total train wreck. And he feels like by the third date, there should have been some kissing. And so it brings me to my next question for you guys is do you think Ed is controlling? Do you think Ed is controlling? And do you think that he 
has the ability to actually be in a real relationship because I've talked about this before and I'm going to talk about it more. I just feel like Ed needs to work on himself. I think that part of him always going for young girls, part of him acting like he's super young with the costumes and all of this stuff is, is very narcissistic behavior. And whether or not he believes that that is characteristic of, of him, I think it's something he needs to look on, look at. And he talks about how he's in therapy now and all of this stuff, but therapy is not gonna work if you're not actually honest with what your issues are. If you don't say, this is my issue and this is why, my, why I have those issues, how do you then address them? Do you know what I mean, guys? Like, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And the more I see him and the more he talks, I just feel like it makes him look worse. And then for him not to address his issues, but yet still be super controlling, be super jealous. And even when he talked about him meeting up with Liz, okay? So he meets up with Liz after he meets up with his, bro his brother. And I'll talk more about that later. But he goes to her house and he basically wants to give an ultimatum. And I'm like, well, you've only been on three dates. If you consider this going to her house the fourth date, then that, you're only on your fourth date. And yet you showed up to her job more than one time. You showed up to her job and you got mad at her because she was having drinks after work at, with a coworker and you got jealous because she didn't come over and you thought she was on a date and therefore she was cheating on you in a relationship that you're not actually in because she told you she's not ready for a relationship and she told you she's not there yet, but yet you're kind of stalking her and calling her out on having drinks with her friend from work. Given the fact that you were used to be, you meaning Ed, used to be in the service industry and anyone that has been in the service industry knows that people in the service industry have different hours so when you get off, if someone gets off with you and you want to have a drink after a hard day of work, that's what you're going to do. So that's what happens. But what does Ed say? Oh, she was she was having drinks with another guy and, you know, she didn't tell me about it and she didn't come over. Then he says, then he saw her another time where the same guy walked her to her car. Then he said he saw her another time at the restaurant and he wanted to come over and say hello, but he felt like jealous. I was like, oh, so you just show up at her job all the time and stalk her? Cause to me, I'm sorry, that's stalker behavior. Even if that's your favorite restaurant, it's only your favorite restaurant because you said you were crushing on her for the past two months. So you're going to her job, stalking on her and then getting an attitude when she's just there doing her job. She gets off of work and has a drink and you're mad about that? and you're not in a relationship, I'm sorry, like that's stalker, jealous, red flag behavior to me. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's crazy. Lori says, Ed is definitely controlling, which is why he wants a very young woman. He thinks they're easier to control. And Patty says, the man is in everything short of installing a shock collar on his dates. Facts! Those are facts, Patty, and it's scary and alarming, and I am not surprised that he ended up where he has ended up in this relationship because, you know, like uh, Julia says, no man controls me, right? And he's trying to control this young girl, and this young girl is not having it. And I just think, like, that's the part that he needs to own. He needs to own the fact that why, why do you have to control this girl? Why? 
Why do you control, try to control your relationships? Number two, why are you dating people that weren't even born the time you were, you were graduating from university? Three, why do you feel like you're not attracted to women your own age? Like all of those things are red flags to me and nothing that he can say is gonna explain it away. Do you know what I mean, you guys? Like it's, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. So he explains how he's jealous. Liz is like, I have not seen this jealous side of him, but she also explains that she doesn't even think he has the right to be jealous, which I absolutely agree with. They are not in an exclusive relationship. They haven't even kissed. Even the time that they've spent together, it's been what, four times? Four times, and yet you're claiming this girl as your own and you're acting like she's not allowed to do anything. And I know you guys are up on the game and you guys have seen and heard the disgusting audio tape that leaked and the way he actually talks to her. So you put all of that together and then you just look at it from that lens and you just think like, I don't know. Just, it doesn't seem like you're, you're a good guy. Like address that. You know what I mean? Like address it. And he has chosen not to address it. He has chosen to just, you know, limit comments, ignore that that tape where he's being verbally abusive to someone doesn't exist. And guys, I, you know, I know that there's a whole group of fans that are, are trying to band together and have it stop. But did you know that he's already filming season two of The Single Life? Did you know? So there is gonna be more Big Ed, regardless of all of the petitions and all of that stuff. They're already in the midst of filming. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So what I'm hoping is that at some point they address the issues. Like wouldn't it be a great idea? Cause we've seen it before on other 90 day shows where they go to therapy, like show him going to therapy and actually dealing with his issues. Hey, Better Days. Better Days says, I think he's just a creep. Yeah, like deal with the issues. Like I wanna see that. I don't wanna see us as fans just continue to ignore all the red flags. Like we've been in this, this franchise watching the show for too long for us to just to sit back and be like, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. He can do that. He can say this, he can do that. And it'd be fine. Like. We need more. We need more in 2021. We need more because we're invested. And we need more because even though this is our awesome reality, you know, escape TV, we also don't want to insult our intelligence, right? Because what what are we portraying here? And that's, I think, my issue with Ed. Like, what are we portraying here that it's okay for him to go after young girls and everyone, cast members, everyone say the same thing. Oh, he likes them young, this and that, this and that. And that's okay. And we're not going to address that, you know? And you, listen, y'all, you love who you love. You're attracted to who you're attracted to. And I believe that 100%. You don't know what your partner, lifelong partner is going to look like, be like. You don't know what the package looks like. However, when you specifically say... I'm only going to date this type of person, this type of age, this type of everything. That is a very specific issue. You follow me? It's a very specific issue. 
And for Ed to be in his 50s and acting this way, I mean, at what point do you grow up? At what point do you grow up? And at what point do you actually put some respect on it? And, and you know, just be better and do better. We should all be trying to do better and be better in, in relationships and just in our lives. And I'm just not seeing that from him. And he is putting him, his own self on a pedestal and he's thinking it's okay to do that. And I just think it's not. Um, so they're gonna have a fifth date y'all. And the fifth date is gonna be a wedding, which I don't know if it's such a good idea, but he wants to know if he's boyfriend potential. Liz says that she didn't realize that she's gonna have these feelings for him. And yes, he is uh, boyfriend material. And she is gonna go on this trip with him and she is gonna stay in the room with him, even though they're gonna have like two twin beds or queen size beds, two beds in the room, whatever they are. And I was like, you know, putting, putting a, a wedding on a non-defined relationship is gonna be a hard move. And it's gonna literally put someone's back to the wall. And here's why. You're gonna put someone's back to the wall because everyone, we've all gone to weddings before. And when you go with someone, that people think that that's your significant other. And so you introduce them as, hey, this is so-and-so. And then everyone talks like, oh, is that the new person you're dating? Is that your spouse? Is that your partner? They wanna know more because love is in the air. So because they're undefined, Ed is gonna act like, cause he's even said it, he wants a quote unquote pretty girl on his arm. He's gonna act like Liz is his woman and Liz is not gonna act like she's his woman. And then all of a sudden it's gonna be issue. And all of a sudden, guess what? It's gonna be a problem. However, fast forward their segment and Ed, because he's controlling and jealous and he already thinks he's in a relationship that is non-existent still, he had some type of fight with Liz. She had a girl's night. He found out, which is, I'm curious how he found out, right? So did Liz call him and say, hey, my ex showed up at girls' night? Like, what was that? Or, or is he stalking her because he has stalker behavior because he shows up at her job and knows all the stuff that she does, sits and watches her have drinks, watches her get walked. Like, where were you? Were you in the bushes watching her getting walked to her car? Like, where were you when you saw that? If you were sitting in the restaurant or you were sitting on the patio of the restaurant, how did you see her exit and get escorted to her car? So on that note, how do you know that her ex showed up unless she told you? I'm going to need clarification because it was not said in this episode. However, what was said is that they had a big fight. Uh, he said he asked too many questions. He said he was too jealous and she might not show up and it might be over because he again was assuming things that he doesn't have a right to assume like how are you how are you going to not be in a relationship yet but act like you're in a relationship and not only act like you're in a relationship you guys be possessive and jealous in your non-relationship how is that attractive to anybody how is that attractive to anybody i i just i don't understand it Patty says, I hope the therapist locks the door during the sesh so Big Ed doesn't scurry off. Yeah, I mean, 
I would like to see him go to therapy and I would like to see him do a lot, address his issues. Because like I said, you can't just go to therapy and not actually address what the issues are. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with, with this wedding and if Liz actually shows up to this wedding. I mean, I know uh, we're behind, so I know that there's that she must show up, but what that looks like, I don't know yet. But I'll tell you this, red flags, red flags, all over the place, all over the place. So that was my thing with, with Ed. Let me know definitely what you guys think about this relationship and if you think ed is actually ready to be in a healthy happy thriving relationship and what does that look like like i'm curious what does that look like does that mean that he works on himself and continues to date these really young girls or does it mean he just takes a little bit of break work on himself and then open the, his dating pool up to you know i guess young girls but also girls that are women that are his age, like expand it. And maybe he might be surprised because whatever he's doing right now, you guys, is not working. It is not working. It is not working at all. And I don't understand why he doesn't see that. He, there, listen, I could go off on Adam. I'm just not going to. I will say this one last thing. You have to be in the same place in your life in order to think that you can move together as partners in your future. If one person's over here and the other person's over there and you guys aren't on the same page on where you want to be in your life, then how can that possibly work? How can that possibly work? And number two, you can't go on a couple of dates unless, you know, if you guys believe in love at first sight. But I personally think that you can be attracted at first sight and have lust at first sight, but you still have to spend some time with that person to actually know if indeed that's your partner for life. And if you're already having all these fights and disagreements on date three and four, you might want to sit down in the corner and reevaluate and see if you're actually on the same page. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Danielle. Okay. Danielle's still in Ocean City with her friends, Lauren, Lexi, and Michelle. And she is feeling rejected because, you know, that first date went really, really, really bad for her. And so now her friends are trying to, like, get her minds off, off of that date. And so they go jet skiing. But we find out that she's not really an adventurous type. So she doesn't want to jet ski by herself. So she doubles with her friend Michelle. And she doesn't really want to do it. But she also, at the same time, wants to try new things. And I have to tell you guys that uh, I don't know if Danielle is ready to be in a relationship. And I guess I should just pop my question up right now because I just don't know. Is Danielle ready for a successful relationship? And the reason why I feel like she's not is that her insecurities are so... We all have insecurities, you guys. Do you know what I mean? Like we all have insecurities. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my arm right here, I don't like this or whatever our insecurities are. We all have them. But I only, I almost feel like her insecurities are so strong that it's like crippling her. And I have a hard time watching her because the pain you see is real. The insecurities are like so overwhelming 
And she talked about how she's insecure about her weight. She's talking about how she's insecure about her looks. You know, she has one bad day and she feels rejected and she can't let go of that. And I just feel like she doesn't get over things easy. And I personally feel you guys like you can't, your self-worth can't come from someone else. It has to come from yourself. And if you don't deal with whatever is creating those insecurities and make yourself stronger and push past that, then how can you ever, How? what are you bringing to the table except for more insecurities? And you're setting yourself up for more hurt and pain because if you are not full and complete in yourself, you're just bringing a bag of insecurities into a relationship and then you have a fight with someone, your partner, and all of a sudden all the insecurities get like just spill out and you add to whatever the fight is and it just, it's a mess. How do you have a thriving relationship? How do you have a successful relationship if your insecurities are, are crippling you? Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm trying to figure it out and you know, bringing up Muhammad again, Guys, it's been like seven years, seven years. It's been seven years, okay? They haven't talked in three years. And she is still crying, like crying, hurt crying, can't stop tears crying about what Muhammad said about her being smelly and that she has walls up and she's crying on Michelle's shoulder. She's crying about how that made her feel. And guess what, you guys, instead of dealing with that on her own, she wants validation from Muhammad. So what she says she needs is she says she needs Muhammad to apologize to her in order for her to move on. And I'm trying to say to you that that is not the way to go. You're never gonna feel validated unless you validate yourself. I just, yes, better days. It's sad. It's really, really sad. And it's hard for me to watch because again, why are we not addressing the issues? Like I'm not a therapist, but I can see pain when I see pain. And I'm trying to figure out how you bring that pain and that baggage into a new relationship and say, hey, yeah, but also, I want to find my life partner. How does that work? Patty says, I'm not sure Danielle has skin thick enough for this job. I mean, I'm going to go with Lori. She needs a ton of deep emotional healing from her past relationships. Therapy for sure. Yeah, you guys, like, it makes me sad to see how broken she is. And you know, we all have parts of us that are broken, but hers are holding her back. And I don't think that she sees her self-worth. And I do see how her friends are trying to rally around her and help her see herself in a better light. But at the same time, again, it can't come from the external, it has to come from the internal. Right? If, if your friends see you're great, that when you're at home by yourself, that's not going to change anything. You have to deal with it. And I'm sorry, but like she gives Muhammad too much power in her life. You know, it's been seven years. You should have worked on this over those years. 
And I get that you feel like he was the love of your life, but it's been seven years. It's been seven years. So I don't know. Even her friends say that she's a prisoner to her own insecurities. Okay, so how do you free yourself? You have to free yourself from your own insecurities and that's gonna take work and that's not gonna be easy, but it's not gonna come externally. You know what I mean? So I don't know where she goes from this and and my understanding, she goes on another bad date. It's gonna be a bad date because you don't, you haven't dealt with what you need to deal with. Patty says, Danielle should join your channel and seek more healthy support. Yes, let's talk about that girl. Patty, let's talk about it. Let's have a girl's, girl's relationship talk and talk about it. Cause you know, talking is the first step, but dealing with the issue individually is definitely gonna be the next step. Like we can talk to her blue in the face, but if the individual is not willing to put the work in and address what actually is the issue, how do you, deal and move on from an issue that you've never addressed, especially like I keep saying, if you're looking for external validation, okay? It's a hard, it's a hard world. Everyone's gonna have a say about something. Everyone's gonna not think that you're the biz, right? So you have to be able to love on your own self and have that love and support of yourself so that you can bring the best version of you to the table each and every time. You know, if one bad, Listen, y'all, do you know how many bad dates I've been on? Many. I've been on many, many bad dates. And I'm sure that sometimes they thought I was the bad date and I thought they were the bad day. Now, am I going to feel rejected? We all feel a little rejected, but you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to be a prisoner to it. I'm not going to, you know, sit there and, and lick my wounds and feel like I'm not worth love, I'm not going to do that because I have self-worth. And that's my concern with Danielle is that that self-worth is lacking and she needs to, to build it up a little bit. And I will say this too, I was going to not say it, but I'm going to say it because I think that, especially in the society where we're all so judged on how we look and a lot of our insecurities come from that. I think that beauty comes from the inside out. I really, and I know we all say it, but I do believe that. However, I also know how, what insecurities are feel like, and I'm going to talk about me and then I'm going to put it in context to Danielle. So during quarantine, I've definitely put on weight and I, and I know it and I feel it. Right. So maybe I personally don't feel like myself. So what do I do about it? Am I going to continue to cry about it? And be all upset about it and complain about it and then allow it to make me feel less than, or am I going to be proactive and maybe be more active, maybe do some exercise, maybe change my eating habits, be less dormant, but be in control of the things that I can be in control of. And if that takes time, then it takes time. And slowly and surely, I'm going to feel better about myself because I'm being proactive and changing my habits. Now, what I'm not seeing, and I could be wrong, and Danielle can correct me at any time, but if you're saying, if she's saying that she's insecure about her weight and her looks, she can do things about it. So be more active. Um, you know, I don't know 
what what her body entails, but if she's unhappy with some part of her body, then only she can change that. And that takes action. And it goes back to what I'm saying is that you have to take control of the things that you're not happy about because it's not going to come from the outside. You can't sit here and tell, like, if she says, oh, I'm secure about my weight and looks, it me saying you're a beautiful person is not going to change your insecurity. But guess what? If you go and do something about it, whatever it is, you guys, and I'm not saying that it has to be her wanting to lose weight. She's the one that says she's insecure about her weight. So what is she going to do to be proactive in changing that so that that insecurity becomes a security? Do you see what I'm saying? And you can't just put lip service to it. You can't just be like, hey, I feel bad about this. And then think that externally, your friends, your family, your coworkers, whoever are going to build you up because that's not going to be enough. So, hey, Judy. Hey, girl. Hey. Lori says, I had a string of bad relationships and I recognized that I was the common thread. So I took a year off from dating and went to therapy. Fixing yourself is the only way to have better relationships there. That's exactly what I'm saying, Lori. That's exactly what I'm saying. You have to deal with whatever it is the issue is, and then you bring your best self to the table. When you, when you dilly-dally and just complain and cry, complain and cry, guess what? You're going to continue to complain and cry, and then you're going to get your feelings hurt, and it's going to add on to your insecurities. Think about it. If, if I'm insecure about my looks, right? Which is the second thing that she said she was insecure about. If I'm insecure about my looks and then I go on a date with a perfect stranger and the first thing they say to me is, this is not a connection. Well, I'm already insecure. Now I feel rejected. So guess what? I'm gonna go home and feel worse, right? Then instead of dealing with myself, I'm gonna hop online, get on this dating app and meet the next person and the next person's going to say, Oh, you know what? This is not a connection or this person, that person ghost you or whatever it else, else it is. And then, so you're insecure. You had a bad date. You feel rejected. You have a second bad date. You feel more rejected. See how you're just building off, off of a bad pattern. So how about if you're insecure about your looks, what are you insecure about? Do you know what I mean? If you don't like your eyebrows, maybe, you know, watch a YouTube eyebrow tutorial. If you don't like your hair, change your hair, change the color, add extensions, do whatever it is that makes you feel beautiful about you. Do you see what I'm saying? If you don't like your lips, plump up your lips. We here at The Melanated Way are not opposed to enhancing whatever you need to enhance. It's not for me personally, but guess what? It's not, I'm not against it. Do you make yourself feel beautiful in your own skin, whatever that looks like for you. That's what I'm saying. So once you do that and you feel better about yourself, guess what? By the time that you get to the next date, so what are we on date three? You're feeling better about yourself. You're feeling more confident about yourself. So guess what? You're going to show up as a more confident, beautiful person. And that is all I'm saying. You can't show up broken and think that all of a sudden you're going to be fixed by somebody else. Vanessa says, true, even a little progress will give her more confidence. And Patty says, this is all fantastic advice. So true. 
So moving on from Danielle is Molly and Kelly. So Molly shows Kelly her Livy Ray business. And guys, uh, if you haven't checked out Livy Ray, you have to check it out. Her bras are amazing. Every time I say that, I always feel like I should bring the bras that I that I've purchased from them over. Uh, but I think that that might be a little weird for y'all. Um, but they fit you perfectly. Your boobs look amazing in them. And Molly really is the bra connoisseur. She knows like she can look at you and, and tell you your bra size and all of that stuff. And so she takes Kelly over to her business because she really wants him to be a, like to know what she does and have interest in what she does. And um, he does. He's like kind of fascinated by it. And she says she's not sure if it's because, you know, he's turned on by it or but he's actually interested. But regardless, he's showing an interest. And I think that that's important. And after that, they are going to go out for drinks with uh, her friend Yolanda and her best friend Nate and his partner Muster and I just okay so Nate's her, her BFF right and if you guys didn't know Nate also does anytime you see Molly's face like fantastic her makeup fantastic um, that's Nate He he's amazing in the whole makeup department like pow 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 he can beat your face and beat your face like as in put makeup on amazingly. And so they've been friends, like she said, for 10 plus years. And Nay has also, which I thought was interesting, gone through the K-1 visa process. And after a couple of years, that relationship with him didn't work out and they parted ways, they got divorced. So he really knows what Molly has been through and he's protective of his best friends. And so they're all meeting up for drinks. And it seems to me like Nate doesn't have a really great impression of uh, Kelly yet. He, when he said, you guys, that he was sauceless, I fell out. I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. Because, you know, Molly is, is an extrovert and she is high energy and she's fun and a Southern belle. And, you know, Kelly... Kelly's a cop. And so Kelly is more like straight arrow. And I do think the opposites can connect and like become a whole picture. So I do like that about him. However, I'm still, how do you guys feel? Okay. So Nate asked all the questions, right? And I'm talking, Kelly sat down, maybe took a sip of his beer and then he was bombarded with questions, right? Like, do you have kids? Have you been married before? Have you been in a serious relationship before? Why did your last relationship not work out? When was your last relationship? How long is your relationship? Like all the questions, right? And Kelly's just like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. He's not trying to give any more information out. He actually feels like uh, Nate is doing Molly's dirty work. Now I'm gonna stop there for a second because you guys remember in the previous episodes, Molly and him went to eat and Molly did try to ask the questions. And again, he was just like, yes or no. He wasn't trying to delve any information out. And his excuse was that that's what they do in Brooklyn. They don't just open up right away. Okay, so if you're not gonna open up to Molly one-on-one -on -one 
and she still wants to know the answers to her questions, guess what? She's going to bring her crew and her crew are gonna, is going to ask the same questions. So you have the opportunity to just have a one-on-one -on -one private conversation, but you aren't trying to open up to the woman that you say that you're trying to build a relationship with. And then you still also don't want to talk to the friends and not answer the questions. To me, that's a red flag. Because those questions, they may be uncomfortable, but they're not hard. So I'm going to give you an example, okay? Nate said, Have, it, is Molly your type usually? He said, no. He said, uh, there's not really like Southern Bells in New York, but he liked the fact that he's a, she's a hustler. Now, if you guys remember... The, the way they met is that he slid into her DMs on Instagram, right? So you are the one that pursued Molly. So something about Molly has to be your type, right? So for me, if someone said, is so-and-so your type? I would probably say, well, yes. I don't really have a type. It's more like a connection. But these are the things that I like about this person. Boom, 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 boom. That's not hard to do. It's not hard to do and you're just having a conversation. Okay. Then Nate says, do you have kids? That's an easy question. Do you have kids? Yes, I have kids or no, I don't have kids. Easy question. How many kids do you have? Oh, if you have kids, you want to brag about your kids. I have one kid, two kids, five kids. However, if you don't have kids, hey, I don't have kids, but you know, I'm looking forward to having kids in the future or I don't want to have kids in the future. Whatever the case may be, that's not a hard question. Next, have you been married before? Super not hard question important question i don't know why kelly had an attitude about it but have you been married before kelly says no and then he looks over at molly that's not a hard question if someone said to me have you been married before no i haven't been married before but i'm looking to get married do you see how these are important questions and you were learning a lot about me that's all they're trying to do so yes he was on the hot seat but i feel like he made it worse and more awkward than it needed to be, right? Because these are not questions that are like secrets. These are not questions that are like, oh, they're too personal. They're really not, right? Especially if you're dating someone to be your mate, your forever mate, this is not hard. And guess what? If this person is indeed your forever mate, her friends and family are gonna be a part of that relationship. Now, should they be in the relationship? Absolutely not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you're gonna to have to be used to having conversations, you know, going out with friends and family because you're now all part of one extended family. So then Kelly pauses and they wanna know when his last relationship was. And Kelly's like, well, why do you wanna know that? Well, they're, asking you because you're saying that you want to be in an extended long-term relationship with Molly. So do you have the experience of being in a long-term extended relationship with someone? Because experience is everything. And to back up what I'm saying, I want you guys to go and look at Big Ed, who's only been married once, and his reference point for being in a relationship after not dating for 28 years, y'all, okay, is Rose. And we all saw how that played out, right? Because that was like a, 
that was like what a couple of week relationship because again if you watch my show i say this and i stick to it an online relationship is not a real relationship you can send all the text messages, do all the FaceTime you want to do, do all the Zoom calls, Zoom dates you want to do. But until you spend time with that person in real life and ask the real questions, that is not a relationship. You can say you're online friends. You can say you're, you're online dating. But what you're not in is a relationship. Because you guys, you can, you can be online, 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 and that person can, can have a whole full-on real-life relationship that you don't know about. So it's important to get to know the person in person. And so that's why I'm saying this is an important question. Have you ever been, like, when was your last long-term relationship? But no, Kelly doesn't want to answer. He says, his answer was yes but it reached its expiration date. What does that even mean, y'all? So you said, okay, I'm gonna date you uh, January 1st and you expire by May 31st and we reach May 31st, so expired. What does that even mean? Better Day says, hmm, so maybe doesn't agree with me. And Stevie says, that's for Molly to ask, not the friends. Some of this should have been asked before he flew in, in my opinion. And Stevie, like I said a little bit earlier, and I'm not sure if you were here for it, but Molly tried to ask those questions when she was alone with him, if you remember, when they went out to eat, and he was still not trying to have the conversation. And so what I'm saying is that if he's not trying to have the conversation one-on-one, -on -one, alone, separately, that Molly asked him directly, then he shouldn't be surprised that his friends or her friends are going to ask the same questions. At some point, he's going to have to answer whether he answers them privately or publicly. He's going to have to answer. You can't just be like, yes, no. And that's not what we do in, in Brooklyn. I'm sure they have conversations in Brooklyn. I'm sure that they communicate in Brooklyn. And so if you're actually trying to have a long-term relationship, then you're going to have to have the long-term questions. That's what I'm saying. So, um, I thought that that was interesting. And I thought that it was interesting that he felt like he didn't want to tell them anything. And then, so Nate's like, hey, you know, you could probably be nicer. I know you have your walls up, but maybe you can put your walls down. And he said, how about we do this? You tell a secret and I'll tell a secret. And Kelly was just like, no, right? So here's my question for you guys. And I want to sincerely know what you think. Do you think Kelly is hiding something? If so, what do you think that could possibly be? What could that be? Because I have to tell you, again, I feel red flags. I think that he's probably a great guy, although I think that there's something that he is not willing to tell about relationships. And I know Veronica on Pillow Talk said that maybe he has commitment issues. I personally think that there's something in his past that he does not want anybody to know, including Molly. Because these questions, you guys, are easy questions. Can you imagine getting into the questions, the nitty gritty questions, the money questions, the sex questions, the children questions? If you can't answer the question about whether or not you've been in a serious relationship before or if you've been married before, how are you then going to answer the rest of the questions? And then turn around and say, well, that was my past, so it's in the past. Listen, y'all, you're 
be open and honest. Communication is key. Your past is what makes you who you are. You don't have to live in the past. You don't have to explain your past away. But what you do have to do is communicate about it so that you and your partner know everything about each other and move forward together. <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to figure it out. Like if you are unwilling to communicate, I just don't know how you get in a relationship like you know go ahead and date away and then you don't have to explain anything to anyone because you're single and you're mingling but if you're saying that you want something more long term and you want something that someone that's your life partner then you're gonna have to open up at some point that's all i'm saying so here's what else i'm also saying is that uh, i love the drama okay I'm all in, I've been all in since my after buzz days and and just the beginning of 90 day and I watch all the spinoffs and I'm all in for it. But I also too want to, you know what I want you guys? I wanna see some of the healthy relationships too, right? So like some of the old school couples, I would love to see them unhappily ever after. Even in this like 90 day single life, I would love to see, you know, a balance of like, the dysfunctional with the functional so that we can balance it out because what i'm not seeing is that balance and i think that's the part that's missing i can do crazy all day and i can talk about crazy all day but isn't it nice sometimes to be like oh i'm so happy that that's working out i'm so happy that those two know how to communicate with each other i'm so happy that those two actually love each other right we want the love story too we want the crazy and we want the love story. Let's balance it out a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm going to jump into the live chat real quick, but that literally was the show. Patty says, how about not having the relationship on this freaking crazy TLC channel? No, Patty, I need it. I need it all day. I need TLC crazy all day. I'm for crazy. I just want a little balance. I want crazy and I want healthy. I want to, I want to mix it up a little bit. Just a little mix it up. Um, what is she saying? Kelly's so deep covered. Patty says, Kelly is so deep covered that he's almost missing. That is hilarious. Guys, that's the show. Uh, tomorrow we're doing news and gossip. And can I just tell you that 90 days keeps me busy on the news and gossip. There, there, There's just always so much news and gossip that I... Every week I say the same thing. Like I just can't believe how much news and gossip there is this week. So I will see you guys all who uh, are over on my Patreon for news and gossip. If not, you guys have a wonderful rest of week. Thank you, live chat, for keeping me entertained. If you're watching the replay, you guys, I appreciate you. Make sure you're thumbs up, liking, 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 subscribing, telling a friend. And on that note, I will see you all later. Bye.